Well, welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm all alone right now. It seems my co-host TJ and producer KC have met up in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City, the Glitter Gulch, the city of second chances. If I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. To attend a live performance of the Cirque du Soleil show, The Beatles Love. And while I'm unable to attend, the boys have sent me a tape. Gentlemen, I'm sure you'd like to be the first to know. We got the tapes. It's a ropey little bit of cassette. Money for rope. It's their happening night in Vegas, painting the town fab. Please join me as I listen along to Las Vegas Love with TJ and producer KC. I will pull your goddamn tongue out by the roots! Thank you very much. Anyway, how many of you people saw the movie Blue Hawaii? Hey, what are you doing in your room? You know you're at the most magnificent resort on Earth. Hi, I'm Steve Wynn. Welcome to the Mirage. In the next few minutes, I'm going to show you around. Show you just what you're missing by sitting upstairs. So stick with me, and I'll introduce you to the exciting magical world of... Beatles Love by Cirque du Soleil. Brighter, bolder, bigger. Now featuring new acts, new music, new imagery, and more. There are so many fantastic things to see and do here at the Mirage, I hardly know where to start. How about out front? When you arrived, you may have noticed our live volcano. During the day, it's a waterfall cascading into the lagoon below. But at night, becomes a fiery beast, erupting every quarter of an hour, shaking the earth and spewing flames and smoke 100 feet into the air. Dangerous waters lie just behind the front desk. Here in our 20,000-gallon tropical fish aquarium, a welcoming committee of sharks, rays, and 90 other varieties of Untitled Beatles podcast. We're reporting to you from a lawn at the Mirage Hotel, staring at Treasure Island, and a hotel behind it of an asshole. Hi, Casey. Oh, shit. It's the... Uh, I'll bleep this. It's the <laughs> Tr- International Hotel. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. How do you sleep, you cunt? Anyway, onto a happier note. Onto love. Onto love. So tonight, I was in Vegas for work. That's right. And Casey Baker came from LA to Vegas to meet me to go see Beatles Love for your first time. I know. I've been so. I mean, truthfully, I was telling you, we know the show is going to come to an end at some point. Right. Uh, the cool thing is, we talked to a number of staff people, and while we don't want to report anything because we don't know anything as a fact for sure, but it sounds like the show will run through the end of 2024. Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive. 
Fuck you. Right, this is breaking news. We heard this from a house manager tonight. Good luck getting this on another podcast. Hey, hey Rodriguez, you're talking about it. We love you, Robert. We love you, Robert. Um, yeah, it looks as if Love was initially going to close with the Mirage Hotel at the end of 2023. We learned this evening that in all likelihood, Love will run through 2024. So the urgency to see it remains, but it's not quite as dire as I thought it would have been. Closing time. That's right. And for me, I knew I wanted to see the show, but it's kind of hard if I'm not you or Tony. <laughs> yes, to... life's really hard if I'm you or Tony. <laughs> right. Because you have a job where you make money. I have a job. <laughs> I have like other, I have vacation priorities right. and it's hard to say, hey, let's go to Vegas just to see this Beatles circus show. Right. Um, but I was so glad you were in Vegas for a gig and you yeah. sent in notes, jo- I think half jokingly I was going to half joking, like come in. Hey, me. Casey, you want to come see a show? I happen to be off work this week. And it's a 30-minute flight, and I have airline miles, and so, lo and behold, I was able to zip out here, meet meet up with you. First time I've seen you since, what, Chicago 2022? Yeah, when, did we Christmas time? 2020, that might be 2021, my friend, where you, me, and you, Tony, me and Tony had a drink. That was 2021, oh I think. Oh my god, time is a flat circle. It, it is, and as the Stone said, time's wait for no one. Ah. Cue that, Casey! Clearly. Foolish Shandog cannot handle his $28 souvenir cup of American piss you peasants call beer. The correct title is, Time Waits for No One. From 1974's It's Only Rock and Roll Long Player. As for the drop, take a seat Casey and watch your ass. Because P3Z Nuts is all queued up. Take it away Mick Jagger. No shame in being in the world's third best rock and roll band Sweetie Pie. I love when we make editing work for me live. Tony's going to edit this episode, too. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Cue it, Tony. <laughs> Sucker. TJ, you're cutting this, man. We should mention, it is difficult being here without, like, it, oh it's, my God. it's hard being here without Tony. Like, I, I wish uh, I wish he was here to join us. Ah, uh, shit. Yes, but we'll all be together at Beetlefest, in theory, in August this um, summer. That's right. Uh, TJ, breaking some more news, which hopefully right. we'll promote on the feed, but we don't have a date or time set, but we will be doing an Untitled Beatles event, live from the best, live from the fest, for Beatles fans. Well, we're also at the best for Beatles fans, which is where Pete Best just comes and talks about how Ringo's a stick. It's the Pete Best Festival. <laughs> it's outside it's Midway. Best. It's at the Best Western. <laughs> the Pete Best Western. The, the Pete, Pete Best Western. On, off Cicero <laughs> Avenue on the south side. They got great jardinera in the hotel bar. <laughs> anyway, we uh-huh. saw love. I'm so glad I got an opportunity to see it. Um, I would say, let's start before I dive in. Uh, TJ, how many times have you seen this show? Uh, I need to go check all my tickets, but I'm pretty sure this is my sixth time. Holy It's either six or seven, because I saw it four or five times before the pandemic. Then I didn't see it for quite a while, and I went back on a gig. I was here August of last year, and I saw it for the first time. And that's when I noticed the changes. And we talked about this a year ago. For example, and this is when you watch the All You Need Is Love DVD and listen to the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. there are some pretty significant changes. Blackbird and Yesterday used to be kind of a mashup in the previous show. Now they're two separate songs. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. 
Strawberry Fields in the old version of Love and on the, on the soundtrack CD features the early John Lennon takes before going to the full take. Let me take you down cause I'm And uh, probably the biggest change that I don't know that I agree with, remember Twist and Shout toward the beginning of the show, yeah. which helped with some of the early chronology? One of the complaints about Love was that it largely ignored the first half of the Beatles' career. Yeah, yeah. They cut I Am the Walrus, and instead they put in Twist and Shout. Hmm. So I, because I, one thing I feel like the original draft of the show had before the pandemic, and I love the revisions, it told a bit more of the Beatles' story. Mm-hmm. You see the war, yep. you, and I'm the walrus was kind of John Lennon emerging in the world. That was kind of what that yep. was meant to represent. And you still see parts of it, like Day in the Life, you're seeing John basically seeing his mother be killed by a drunk cop. It's basically mm. what that the reenact the reenactment of that is. Yeah. Young John witnessing seeing his mother. Of course, he didn't watch it, but it was just down the street. Yeah. Um, and I feel like some of the narrative got a bit jumbled with the revisions. Were you able to follow a coherent or, or cogent story, or was it kind of a mishmash to you? It was more of a mishmash. It, okay. it kind of washed over, but I was getting bits and pieces. And I loved, I mean, I love that they opened sort of with the war context, because yeah. I don't think about the Beatles as a po post-war phenomenon, but you know, they are, like 100%. And they mm -hmm. say it very explicitly in this show. They sort of have a framing structure where at the beginning there's the war, and at the end of the war it's children are meant to be seen and not heard from get in the basement. Yeah. And then we're led to see those children become not just the Beatles, but the generation of fans of the Beatles. And it well. explodes in color, yes. both costumes and the diversity of the cast, which has changed a lot since the mid-2000s, oh, cool. which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, and it was it was a little disorienting. It was cool to have Twist and Shout right at the jump. There was a lot of... I felt like the show... I don't have many criticisms. I had a blast. I'm yeah, so I'm, glad can, I can saw we, this. You, so this is your first time. This is my sixth or seventh, and I want to get your kind of... Because Tony's seen it at least once, if not twice. Take it, Tony! Take it, Tony! Correction there. <laughs> correction. I've only seen it once. Ah, shit. We've lost the correction jingle. This P3Z nuts is such a type A bitch. <laughs> Fucker. Better to be a type A bitch than a type B bastard. Smoked you with that one. You American dungholes. That's a hole filled with dungs. Yeah, you know, I if I have any criticism of it, it's yeah. that it kind of, it felt like it over relied on 60s pop swinging psychedelia. Like the bright colored... Um, just like swinging 60s feel to see Twist and Shout with like a psychedelic visual component it's interesting to hear that it was originally I Am the Walrus yeah. which chronologically doesn't fit in that phase uh -huh. but at least aesthetically sort of fits in that psychedelic mode yes and I feel like there was a lot of costuming and moments I, I loved more the moments that weren't sort of generically 60s psych pop Yes, and one of the moments that stayed largely the same from the original is the kind of Lady Madonna, Hey Bulldog mashup, which is this kind of almost African tribal stomp number yes. that works beautifully.
Yes, it was it was like West African gumboot dance. Yes, that's which what is it was. like really impressive and doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily make an explicit tie to the Beatles, other than maybe the Beatles sort of being born of black music. Uh, and I loved that. I, lo- I think that's a Cirque du Soleil sort of flourish, where they, they really take the best of international presentation and theater styles and sort of present it to, I guess, I've only seen it for American audiences, but I think the show is intended for a global audience. So basically what you're saying is Beatles Love is the Beatles version of It's a Small World After All. Basically, yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> DeSantis world. It's super califragilistic, fascist. But yeah, I, it really one of the my criticism of the show tonight. After all the times I've seen it, and the cast, by the way, if any of the cast is listening to this, because we handed out coasters with the Untitled Beatles podcast logo, and I got in trouble. Uh, TJ got yelled at. I got yelled at by <laughs> host staff. Well, basically looked at me. She she didn't yell at me. She looked at me like she was very disappointed in me. That's but, right. And Melissa. It, Hi, yes. Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Thanks Melissa. for keeping the coasters. We appreciate you. We hope you kept a coaster. We hope you're tuning in. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Sweet Melissa. Don't know that. Uh, and it's, you know, how would you know who was the person dropping Untitled Beatles podcast coasters? Cue the photo we're about to take <laughs> of us right now with me wearing an Untitled Beatles podcast shirt, now available at Public. Wait till it goes on sale. Hey! Uh, yes, caught very red-handed. Um, but the cast, you were saying, you were talking about the cast. I was saying the cast was, and again, you and I both do theater, we've done comedy. It is not always easy Mm-mm. to try to hit a grand slam when the audience is either half empty or quiet. Tonight the audience was both, and in fact, I hope this, this is okay to say, but like, I got us tickets on the 300 level because in my experience seeing the show, Casey, it's the best way to see everything unfold. Yes. It's a little bit like like sitting in an NFL game on the 50-yard line a little high up where you can watch both the defense and the offense. That's right. It was like front row, third balcony, which right. is like prime seat, especially because there's so much aerial work happening. You can see the entire stage picture throughout. And when we showed up, a gentleman said to us very nicely, when the house manager said, hey, we closed off the balcony. I'd like to offer you different seats and it was fine it was the seats were great but it was kind of indicative that here on a wednesday night in las vegas in june the uh audience was a bit thin for the show and that concerns me a little bit and i will also we spoke to somebody else in the house staff i don't want to implicate and we'll not name names but it was mentioned to us that they don't believe the show is being marketed correctly at this point in time and that was very telling that a show with the Beatles and Cirque du Soleil, and now, by the way, MGM Grand sold this in late 2021 to Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. The rumor, for those who are not paying attention, is Hard Rock is going to close the Mirage. It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. There is talk that the Hard Rock will redevelop the Mirage, and part of the redevelopment will mean closing the Love Theater, and Love probably wouldn't spend millions to reopen elsewhere. So time is Relative, relatively of the essence, and that made it that much more unfortunate that the yeah. crowd was so sparse. I didn't get it. Well, you know, I, it's tough because I think the show. When did it open? Two thousand six, I think. Right. Buzz me, ding me, yeah. So we're looking at fifteen plus years of a run, which is incredible for any theatrical run, let right. alone a big Vegas show. And it's one of what five Cirque shows in if Vegas, not more. Yeah. right? 
So there's like a Michael Jackson show and there's Ka and O and uh, there's another one at the Mirage, I think. Yeah. Or maybe a Treasure or somewhere Island. Somewhere close by, yeah. My, yeah. So, you know, I get it. You can't market everything to the hilt. But the uh, Beatles are the Beatles. The Beatles are the Beatles. And you have to think, even if they sort of re retrofit this hotel to be a hard rock, why would you not keep the Beatles hard rock? Beatles, Beatles Cirque show at Hard Rock. You got to go with current bands. The big industry secret, and uh, we have an Untold Beatles podcast exclusive. Is the new Cirque show just might be the Rob Thomas Matchbox Twenty thing, which is Rob <laughs> Thomas doing West African dancing and then being lifted on a trampoline. <laughs> Beatles podcast exclusive. Be gone. I like that you went more current music and immediately went Matchbox <laughs> it's in 1994. Yeah. Right? I was going to make a Bieber joke, but I think even that's outdated by 10 years at this point. <laughs> the Cirque Bieber show. I know topical songs. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Everyone's got really swoopy bangs. <laughs> I wish. You know you love me. I'm warning you with peace and love. We love Justin. Uh, it was yeah. a really beautiful show. I mean, I was overwhelmed by the pre-show and post-show music. Just a beautiful mix of, it seemed like it was original masters of it Beatles is. recordings with the vocals removed, which I, I had remarked to you would be just great dinner party music. They should yeah. fucking publish that and make that available. Yeah, uh, and... I'm sure some, you know what I've never come across for all you loyal listeners? First of all, join the Discord, join the Patreon, because then you can give us this information if you have it. I want to get these stems. Somebody out there has a friend who has a friend who does tech for Beatles Love, and they have the original Digital Masters, and I want them, and I'm prepared to give you like seven, eight bucks. Hey! Hey! Seven, eight bucks on the line. That's like 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I loved the music, and then throughout yeah. the show, I mean, I've I've heard a lot of the soundtrack already, but even just experiencing it live in the theater, obviously theatrical sound design and Cirque du Soleil, you know, peak theatrical craft, right? Yes. Beyond just a plus, like projection design and sound design and lighting and puppetry and mm -hmm. shadow puppets and, and robots, they are and robots, robots okay, and right. robots and. Obviously, the circus performance, like peak mm -hmm. physical. I, I'm sure Cirque du Soleil must be one of the largest employers of former Olympian athletes or like Olympic gymnasts. Oh, no question. Yeah. Just like incredible performance athleticism, uh, like daredevil rollerblading and yeah. silk and rope work and a lot of flying acrobatics and stilt work and dance just like everything apex everything from a theatrical perspective it, yes it, it is it is exquisite theatricality yes. and the fact you and i told this before the show you know the michael jackson show and michael jackson certainly is a it's it's you can't listen to michael jackson the same as you used to so it's not exactly apples to apples but the michael jackson show and a lot of the cirque shows don't use original masters of the original singers they use right. either cover versions or sometimes live people singing 
when this show was designed, and this is on the on the Love documentary DVD, uh, George and uh, was it Guy Liberté? I don't know. Was the, yeah, his yeah, name yeah. The, exactly the artistic did. director of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, they all kind of decided the only way you could pull this off is with the original Beatles masters, and of course, those who know. George Martin, this was kind of his last hurrah, and he handed it off to Giles to help him. And one of the things that was so wonderful is the Wall Megatro, people I think forget, Wall Megatro Gently Weeps, the acoustic version, was first officially released in Anthology 3 in 1996. But it didn't have the George Martin orchestral edition, that was added for love when the CD came out a year later, or a decade later. George Martin's last contribution to the Beatles in orchestrating that while my guitar gently weeps acoustic number is one of his most important, important Beatle contributions he's ever made because it's lasted now for 15 years. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like an equal standard to the White Album Master. I don't know why nobody told you how to unfold your love. I don't know how someone controlled you. They bought and sold you. I look at the Yeah, I think, yeah, you've mentioned that before where it sort of stands alone, not just as an alternate version of the original song, but kind of like it's a demo that in some ways maybe overshadows the studio version. Especially totally. once, you know, produced with that George Martin touch. And not to be lost on this, again, George Martin orchestrated for, I think, the Lennon Anthology, buzz me if I'm wrong, George Martin orchestrated John's Grow All With Me demo. So he already kind of had a hand in taking the sparse demo and orchestrating it and make Grow All With Me kind of the standard. beautiful show you know we could run down moment by moment but uh visuals don't make sense on a podcast well then let's go deeper okay everybody <laughs> close your eyes um let Picture me ask yourself on a boat, <laughs> boat by a river tangerine trees and marmalade skies somebody calls you you answer quite slowly a girl so question for you what was your highlight and what was your low light I think my highlight, uh, I think my highlight was the uh, sort of aerial acrobatic rendition of something. Something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover. Something in the way. Now, you know I believe 
beautiful. And it was also one of the earlier pieces, you know, Cirque shows for folks who haven't seen them, you know, they're sort of top tier circus performance. It, for me, they do a great job of sort of alternating from big spectacle to sort of smaller set pieces to showcase a particular skill set or a particular acrobat to clown work, you know, lots of great clown work to impressive technical achievement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like something was the first moment in the show where we really dialed down and it was just four people on stage in very plain white, you know, uh, not hyper-colored costumes, uh, beautifully performing like intimacy, really bringing the, the like love and intimacy of the song to life on stage and really beautifully flying over the audience back into the center of the stage. Just uh, a sparse and striking visual that I think matched the song. Uh, yes, and the arrangement they used of something which came off one of the only quote-unquote new songs was playing Sun King backwards and calling it Ginknas. That's what that was. That's, I knew it was something yeah. backward, and I meant to nudge you to be like, "What is that vocal?" Yeah, it's Sun King in reverse. Yes, and I, I don't, I don't remember in 05, 06, I forgive me, I can't remember the fucking year, I, but I don't remember if it was controversial or not. But that's the only real new thing was Sun King played backwards. I think they just Giles and George, I think, kind of discovered that yes. and said, "Oh, wow, 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 let's keep that." Um, but the way it starts with just George's voice over the string singing something in the way she moves, mm. and then the drums kick in, which yes. is different than the Abbey Road arrangement. Yes. Yeah, that to me is, that stayed the same since I first saw the show, and that's one of the most powerful moments without question. Yes. Did you have one that you thought, this is too cheesy for me, let's get this over with? Was there anything that rubbed you inauthentically? Um, you know, I kind of already hit on this, like, Twist and shout, or just like the very, the, the kind of opening moments. What was the first, what was the big opening song? Get Back came at, well, first they oh. did Because, and Because, which was kind of acapella. spaced out, acapella, and yep. spread out, it is, it's kind of a herky-jerky opening that I accept because it feels like an overture. Yeah. And then it goes into Get Back, and, and the curtains drop, and they're rocking out. Yeah, and you sort of drop into the rock and roll. that might be one that suffered a little bit from the Wednesday night crowd, yeah. the small audience effect. Um, and I think there were just so many things happening on stage. It was too mishmash. It felt like a visual overture, but I feel like it doesn't mm. really work to be assaulted with bungee bouncing and a ton of dance and lots of different costume, brightly colored costumes in different eras. It was a lot to open with and I kind of wanted to get to those more the smaller set pieces uh, which they did do you know shortly thereafter and hey Tony you saw the show what do you think about the opening here's Tony oh hey thanks for asking you know I, I did I quite like the opening I hear what you guys are saying I will say the night I saw love 
I was kind of wrestling with some GI issues. I had just come from eating at Gordon Ramsay's and I had gotten like the beef wellington and the lava cake or whatever it was and I was just like, ugh. I really wish I could have enjoyed the fresh, delicious rotisserie chicken at Kenny Rogers Roasters. Teacher says, what happens at Kenny Rogers Roasters stays at Kenny Rogers Roasters. Wow, well, Tony, hot well, take. Well, I disagree, and this partnership is done. Tune in next week to Casey and TJ's Untitled Ben Folds podcast. <laughs> Finally! Finally! <laughs> Don't change your plans. Tune in. I will tell you that the my favorite moment, my highlight, and again, Chicago over, over everything, was mm. Dick Biondi saying, and now here they are, yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, here they are, the Beatles! I thought you were gonna say I, the, yes, that was a beautiful moment. I thought you were gonna say the Goose Island IPA they were serving at the bar. I got a thirty-two dollar, eighteen ounce Goose Island. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> How come they don't have old styles? <laughs> yeah, uh, I brought my own Malort with me because I'm a real <laughs> Chicagoan. I got there in my pants. It's why I'm sweating. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and do you have a low light as well, or? Uh, my low light is weird, and I think it's just my weird geopolitical hankles are raised. But I mentioned this in, in August, too, of last year. It's just a weird time for back in the USSR. Mm. And it doesn't mean I won't listen to the White Album. And for those of you Tripping the Live Fantastic fans, you gotta love back in the USSR following my brave face. But uh, I think I got that right. But, um... It does strike that's just a weird song in 2022, 2023 yeah. to hear back in the USSR. I know, I, I re, I'm not saying cancel, I'm just saying it just, no. given everything going on ge, in a geopolitical sense, it it does rub me a little weird, giving, considering how Russia's so aggressive. Yeah, I agree with I that, know. but I also think, like to me, watching that part, it felt politically resonant. Know, the sort of set piece that's happening there is there's a sort of 60s psychedelic van in the middle of the stage there's sort of a hippie protester characters who are jumping off of that van onto trampolines and then onto these like side set pieces it was sort of an elaborate trampoline choreography and they were being chased off by these like clear like fascists characters that were like yes. suited up as police with these like really evil blue meanie smiles or what was is that a character the yes, police that, character uh, the uh the 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 blue meanie actually came out the yellow submarine blue meanie was present as was a yellow submarine uh uh movement piece that i don't recall from earlier mm -hmm. uh versions of this but either way it read very clearly as fascist chasing righteous protesters well and an, and another thing that i feel casey was really brought to the forefront that I don't recall from even in August of last year during Benefit and Mr. Kite which becomes a bit of a nightmare mm -hmm. um, 
with Helter Skelter at the end. The the sights of the uh, there was like a, a an LED cross on stage. That's right. As they were showing, and this just for Blackbird, the burning of the Beatles albums, all the Alabama stuff. Tony and I joke about. It, uh, out of horror, we're not right. making light of it, but the whole bring your Beatles albums and burn them, all that, all that clan stuff. They really played that up, and I thought yeah. that was exquisitely pointed commentary. It really was. There was there was clan hooded clans members in the footage. There yes. was there was burning cross footage included in these sort of little montages. And, and because in '66, that's what was happening. That's with, the context. Yeah, that's right. And using that with Mr. Kite and then Helter Skelter over that really played up the nightmare aspect of not just what the Beatles are going through, but the societal bullshit yeah. of that persecution. The bad trip that was the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite moments, and this has been the case, this has been unchanged since I first saw the show, Day in the Life, which is kind of meant to be a metaphor as we talked about for uh, John losing his mom. Uh, all of a sudden, the body go collapse to the floor. Yes. Young John backs away in horror, and then there's about three beats of silence, and then Hey Jude starts. Mm. I realize Hey Jude is cliched. I realize Hey Jude is their biggest single. I realize it's overplayed, but in this context, it's a reminder of just how strong and how poignant Hey Jude is. I feel like if you're if you're tired of Hey Jude, see it in this context and you'll get it again. Yes. Because it's not, in this show, I love you, Paul. It's not the nine-minute sing-along Paul does in Cincinnati where he talks about the people in the middle and the people on the left side. Right. And just the, it, it restores a lot of the Beatles' messaging to the to its core intent. Yes, it, it distills it. It, yes. like, cuts to the chase. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Yeah, and definitely if you want to restore your faith in that song, maybe see the show on a Saturday night where it felt like we should all be clapping and singing along. And, uh, you know, it was a little tough on a Wednesday. You could sort of see the poor cast having to, like, play to the audience, but really just play to themselves because the audience wasn't giving them a lot back. Yes, but to a great credit to that cast, they never let it show. Absolutely. They were, they were consummate showmen and showwomen nonstop. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w uh, would you give this recommended highly? I mean, you have become a bigger Beatle fan. So you've been producing That's the right. show. Yes. Uh, are you able to say, like, where would you have considered the show a decade ago? And where would you consider the show now in terms of 
both an artistic accomplishment and a Beatles accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, a decade ago, I would file it under, oh, I'd see that. You know, I'd seen Cirque du Soleil previously, and I'm a theater guy, which I feel like I'm a unique audience from that perspective. Um, But I never made a priority of it. You know, I'd been to Vegas multiple times, and I'd never seen it. And now, I mean, it is just such a peak artistic achievement, right? Like, it's a tremendous partnership between the Beatles and their management and Cirque du Soleil, who, again, are the best of the best in Mm -hmm. terms of creating spectacle, creating theatrical experience, not just good plays or good music or good dance, but, like, experience. True, you know... With emotional integrity. Emotional integrity. um, Just moments that are, like, interactive, but not in a way that sucks if you hate interactive theater. It's not forced. It wasn't cloying. It wasn't patronizing. Yeah, yeah. It just really like makes you part of it. And it brings, it brings the music to life on stage, which is a cliche, but it does it extremely successfully. Uh, four fabs. Yeah. I give it four fabs. Uh, Tony, you've seen the show in the last two years. What do you think? Yeah, man, I want to see it again. Four fabs. Maybe we can get some uh, Untitled Beatles podcast uh, urinal mints and distribute those around the gift shop. Untitled Beatles podcast urinal mints. Now available at, wait for it, the public. See what I did there, you Yankee fools? The public. The, like urine, urinal, the public. Unfunny typical American assholes, all of you. Oh, hey, take it easy, you animal. There's kids listening, you robot bitch. Jesus, P3Z. This is my my job security. I know I can't be replaced by P3Z nuts because of the the toxic bile like that. (laughs) Terrible P3Z nuts. Um, I do want to say, Melissa, thank you for not kicking me out of the theater, for leaving an inordinate amount of Untitled Beatles podcast coasters in the men's room. And <laughs> Melissa, how did you know they were in the men's room, my friend? What are you doing in the men's room, Melissa? Smoking in the boys' room. The sweet Melissa. Why is everybody always picking on me? Maybe my problem should be with you. TJ, to be fair, you also left them in the gift shop. I did leave them in the gift shop. <laughs> on camera. On camera. Wearing a t-shirt with <laughs> the same logo, the Untitled Beatles podcast logo, prominently featured on the coasters that you were leaving all over the Gee, store. Gee, Casey, where are these sweet-ass t-shirts available? Why, you can find them at Tee Public or via a link on our website at www.untitledbeatlespodcast.com. That's right. So, yeah, four fabs for both of us. I I will say, I've been to Vegas many times. Love ain't no spam a lot. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. I think I auditioned for spam a lot. Wow, whatever that was. I didn't get it. I mean, I understood it. I didn't book it. Mm -hmm.